Once, on a train going God knows where, to give still another speech, I awakened in the middle of the night, nauseated. Oh no, I thought, pregnant again. It didn't seem fair. I'd been so careful. Then I calculated the timing. I couldn't be pregnant. To calm myself, I raised the shade of the window above my berth and looked out. I was just in time to see the sign marking the station fly by. Corning. Even after all those years, merely passing through the town could make me sick to my stomach. I can't remember a time that I didn't dream of escape. When the neighborhood brats made fun of me, I told myself I'd show them someday. When Miss Graves drove me out of school, I swore I'd never return. How old was I then? Fifteen? Sixteen? I was so proud that morning, swinging along in my new baby-soft white kidskin gloves embroidered with tiny pink and blue forget-me-nots. Well, not exactly new. They were a hand-me-down from Mrs. Abbott by way of my sister, Mary. But they had barely been worn. The Abbots were like that. Mary worked for the Abbots, who were related to the Houghtons, who owned Corning Glass, which owned the town of Corning. My mother said Mary was lucky to have such a good job. My father said the Abbots were the lucky ones, because a girl with a less forgiving nature than Mary would have murdered them in their beds long ago for the paltry wages they paid and the advantage they took. Mary said nothing, but then... She got to live on the hill, even if her room was high in the attic under the eaves where the water froze in winter and she boiled in summer. I started out for school that morning, joining the friends I usually walked with, slowing down here and there to give others a chance to catch up. I wanted everyone to see my new gloves. And sure enough, one after the other, the girls oohed and awed and asked where I'd got such beautiful gloves. A gift. I answered, and tried to look mysterious. Bridget O'Mara begged to try them on. Maybe later, I lied. I had no intention of letting her or anyone else get her hands on, or more accurately, in them. The teacher noticed my gloves, too. How could she miss them when my hand shot up to answer the first question? What fine gloves, Miss Graves said and I turned my wrist this way and that to give everyone a better view. That would teach them to mock me. Are those forget-me-nots? she asked. I allowed myself a regal smile and admitted they were. I wonder where Margaret Higgins got such fine gloves, she said to the class. I didn't know what she was up to, but the tone of her voice made me lower my hand she said they were a gift, Bridget volunteered. A gift? Miss Graves' dark eyebrows that went straight across her forehead in a single line shot up. Now who would give Margaret Higgins such a handsome gift, I wonder? My sister Mary, I admitted. Now everyone would know they were charity for Mrs. Abbott. And where would Mary Higgins get such fine gloves to give to her little sister? Miss Graves went on. 
I waited for the ridicule about my secondhand dresses and shoes and hats. Do you think she made a pact with someone? The girls who were supposed to be my friends tittered. A boy hooted. Now I knew what was coming, and it was worse than a sneer about hand-me-downs. My father was the town's free thinker. Devil's children, other kids brayed as they chased us through the unpaved streets, dusty in fall, muddy in spring. Devil's children. Sometimes I ran. Others I stood my ground and took swings at them. When I fought back, I came home, dress torn, dirt-stained, and bloody, scandalizing my mother. Girls don't fight, she always said. I was accustomed to the slurs in the streets, but not in school, at least not from a teacher. I hid my hands beneath the desk. Do you think the Higgins girls made a pact with the devil for those fine gloves?